Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Borg Warner. Feel good about driving. Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new week of AutoLine Daily. Well, there sure was some big news that broke over the weekend, and as you undoubtedly have already heard, the workers at that Volkswagen plant in Tennessee voted to keep the UAW out of their plant by a vote of 712 to 626. This is a stinging rebuke to the union, which was confident it was going to win. Here's my AutoLine insight. The UAW needs to do a better job of selling itself. It often comes off as an angry, belligerent organization with a chip on its shoulder. That is not a formula to win friends and influence people. It should have been pointing out the $8,800 in profit-sharing checks it won for Ford workers as an example of what it can do for its members. That's how you sell the sizzle. When you come in with a combative attitude and tell people how outraged you are, you automatically turn off half the people in the room. You know, the UAW ought to go out and hire someone like Olivier Francois from Chrysler. I mean, if he can turn the old Chrysler 200 into an aspirational car, then I'm sure he can figure out how to sell the UAW to a bunch of factory workers. And just because the UAW lost the vote in Chattanooga doesn't mean this story is over. Volkswagen still needs to get a union in that plant. VW is committed to establishing works councils in the plant. Those are groups of workers who collectively decide work rules, labor practices, and a host of other issues. In Germany, works councils are required by law, and every other VW plant in the world, except in China, have them. But in the United States, a works council has to be represented by a union, and it cannot be a company union which is prohibited by U.S. law. So once the dust has settled and tempers have cooled down, I would not be surprised to see Volkswagen approach other unions. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers is already in several General Motors plants, and I'm sure the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, as well as the United Steel Workers Union, would love to get a crack at organizing the VW workers. The problem for the UAW is it's just so toxic from a public perception standpoint. Hey, we just got the chance to drive Kia's new premium sedan, the K900, and overall, we were impressed with the company's first jump into the luxury market. The car features Kia's first V8, a 5-liter with 420 horsepower, and an 8-speed automatic that was developed in-house. A V6 will be available later. Along with its fully independent front and rear suspension, the K900 was smooth to drive and handled its, itself well out on California's twisty mountain roads. As you'd expect from a luxury vehicle, the interior is wrapped in leather and wood trim accents. Kia spent a lot of time reducing the NVH, and it really paid off because the K900 features one of the quietest interiors that we have tested. Even though it's a nice car, the V8 version carries a starting price just over $60,000, and not a lot of people are going to plunk down sixty grand on a Kia. We'll have a more in-depth look at the K900 in a future AutoLine Daily. Renault has pulled the wraps back on the next generation of its small city car, the Twingo. 
It's the first vehicle for Renault to stem from its partnership from Daimler to jointly develop the two and four door versions of Smart and the new Twingo. So somewhere down the road, we should expect a two door version as well. The new Twingo will switch over to a rear mounted engine, rear drive configuration. It can be powered by either a 0.9 liter turbocharged three cylinder or a 1.2 liter turbocharged four cylinder gasoline engine. The Twingo make it, makes its debut at the Geneva Motor Show next month. Speaking of Geneva reveals, Volkswagen will be showing off the new Scirocco. It gets restyled front and rear fascias, new interior features, and new wheel designs that range from 17 to 19 inches. But the biggest changes will be under the hood. The car can be powered by one of four different turbocharged gasoline four-cylinders or two diesel four-cylinder engines which range from 123 to 276 horsepower. The new Scirocco will launch in Europe in August. Hey, at those Concours events, when they decide what's the best in show, how do they come up with that? Coming up next, we'll give you an insider's viewpoint that's different from the way most Concours hand out the rewards. There's so much to love about Bridgestone's Dueler tires. The amazing traction, the quiet, comfortable ride, and they're really tough. It's like loving three tires in one. On Autoline After Hours last week, we had Bill Warner, the founder of the Amelia Island Concours. Now we asked him if they follow a rigorous point system to hand out awards for the best cars in the show, or if they do something different. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna blow the image of all this. That's okay. We don't do points. You don't do points? We don't do points. Um, I didn't know that. Points can kill you. And I've seen it at a show, which will go nameless, where if you score points, like if you have a convertible, you got to show the convertible top yes. views and all that stuff. <clears throat> and a gentleman was showing a 1938 Horsch Special Cabriolet. German, yeah. yeah. And the class was pre-war, post-war European altogether. And a Mercedes-Benz 190SL won the class. Now. The best 190 SL in the world should not beat a 1938 horse special Cabriolet. The guy got <laughs> but beat on points because he, he only got to put his top down. It's eight layers. You'll never get it back up again. Yeah. And what if you have a fantastic car? Let's say you have an Alfa Romeo 8C2900, probably the most beautiful post-war car ever built. I mean, it's just, it's breathtaking. Even people don't know car, their breath is taken away when they see it. So a taillight doesn't work or the horn doesn't blow. Are you gonna knock that out of contention? It, we do it by, I try to get a, a team of three judges per class. And that's usually a good way to do it. Yeah. One is the expert on the car. He knows every nut and bolt. He knows what's supposed to be. The other one may be a driver who raced that car or, or a designer that was associated with that car. And uh, the third will be, uh, a general person who knows cars generally and knows design and, and can weigh in on the vote. But I really don't like points judging. And I've had a lot of people tell me, you're wrong. You, you, you should do points judging. And I, I, I'm not going down that road. You know, I especially like what Bill is saying because I agree that the award should go to the most interesting and rare cars and not turn into an event that really only judges who did the best restoration job. Besides, the new approach in car collecting is preservation, not restoration, just like with other antiques. If you restore it, you destroy 
the value of the piece. Anyway, that wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching, and please join us again tomorrow.